Welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. Yeah, so we're going to kick off um, our May 2020. This is our Zoom call, but I'm actually adding this to our podcast, Land Needed. And um, so I'm excited for this word I want to share with you. And I want to read a, a passage of scripture first, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Probably one of my favorite uh, leadership verses, I think, in all of the Bible. Um, I'm going to read out the Amplified Bible. And um, it just unpacks it that little bit more. And I know that you're going to get something out of it. I hope you're um, ready to lean in, to take some notes. Um, It won't be the one leadership talk that changes your life. It'll impact your life, but it will be the many in the shaping over time. Um, So I just want to encourage you, hey, Church Alive, um, that if if, uh, we passionately value people, you've got to value yourself enough to actually keep putting yourself in the right environment so you keep on growing and keep on pushing forward. But here's what it says, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says this. He says, so you, my son, he says, be strong, constantly strengthened, the Amplified Version adds, and empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. And he says, and the things, uh, the things, it says the doctrine, the precepts, uh, the speakers, Um, sorry, the admonitions, the sum of my ministry, which you have heard me teach in the presence of many witnesses in trust. It says this, it's amazing. It says in trust as a treasure to reliable and faithful men. And you can throw your uh, a W-O in there if you want to, ladies, to reliable and faithful men and women who will also be capable and qualified to teach others also. And I just want to um, share this story and I think it'll, it'll connect and relate. So I went running with my son the other day, We uh, two days ago. I'm like, hey, Benny, let's go for a little jog. And, um, you know, it's, he, he obviously hasn't been super active because there's no soccer, there's no lacrosse and all that kind of stuff. And so the first little bit of the run, he's heading out there and he's kicking my butt, to be really honest. Um, and then as we get up to the hill, he's like, Daddy, can I stop and can I walk? And I said, no, 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 when we're going for a run, uh, we're not walking. You are going to run. You're going to push through. He's like, oh, I got a stitch. And there was a couple. There's probably three different moments of that about 20 minute run that he probably wanted to stop. And here's what my encouragement was to him: that every time, every time he wanted to quit, but he didn't actually quit. Every time he wanted to walk, and he ran instead. He actually mentally became stronger. And look, Paul is telling Timothy, be strong. And I think in this season. I want you to take this as a personal word, not for the person next to you, behind you, beside you, you, right? Paul is speaking to Timothy. It's his son in the faith, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And he says to you and to me, be strong, right? Because there's actually a lot of things we could be right now, isn't there? We could be anxious and you might be anxious and it's okay to admit you are, but Paul would tell you, be strong. He wouldn't say, it's okay, stay anxious. You might be fearful right now. You might be in your faith, to be honest. You might feel complacent right now. You might have set some goals and you're wanting to read the Bible here. You want to pray here. But to be honest, you've kind of fallen off a little bit. And I just want to encourage you 
um, let this be a be strong moment for you, for your family, for who you are. You might feel a little discouraged a little bit right now, but I think that same word can say to you and can say to me, be strong. He's telling Timothy, but he's telling you and he's telling me why, because this is the word of God. This is uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, He says, be strong. You know, I've often heard it said that it takes a 30 days to build a uh, habit. I don't believe that anymore. (laughs) Um, I think it takes you 30 days to somewhat build a get in the motion of habit. But I would say to so many of us, if you've been consistent in the word for a few months or you've been a transform for a season, two seasons, three seasons, how many of you guys know if you can put up your hand or women know that if you get accountable for transform for eight weeks, how many know when the time off happens? That three, four weeks where it's off, it is so easy just to kind of fall on down, go on down. And you build habits, yes, in in 30 days, but I think you actually need habits over years and eventually you start becoming that person. Like some of you used to smoke and some of you kick smoking, right? And, And when it came to a habit like smoking, you had an identity that you smoked. And then the thing was, you threw it away. And eventually, after not just a year, two years, three years, four years, someone offered you a smoke. You're like, no, I don't smoke anymore. It was so part of your habits, so part of your identity that um, it was just a thing that you shifted. And uh, he says to him, be strong. And then he says to him, in the grace. So God's grace and God's mercy. And I kind of want to tie this a little bit to my talk on Sunday. Because I believe that Christians, I believe I've done this many a time, and I'm sure you have too, you've applied grace where God was trying to teach you character, right? You've applied grace. So grace is our identity in God. And then we fall and we're like, ah, it's okay. God's grace. Great. We have his mercy. We have his grace. Amazing. But grace is an empowerment to live up to our identity, not just a blanket to kind of put over our mistakes. So mercy pushes past our our past. And I just want to tell you today, grace is going to empower you in this next season. If you'll be strong and commit to a mindset to be strong, God is going to empower you with his grace to live the life that God has called you to. And it means a strong life. And I want to just encourage you that the Christian life is not passive. Um, The armor of God never falls on you. Haven't you noticed that? Haven't you noticed that the armor of God, you don't just wake up in the morning and like, oh, ka-ching, ka-ching. I feel like the armor of God is falling upon me right now. I've never, um, and it's not the way it is. So if you've fallen a little bit complacent, if you've kind of fallen into some bad habits and different things and you've lost your word game, so to speak, you've lost your word habit, get up. Uh, to, you know, let this be an encouragement to you that I am coming alongside you like I'm coming along, alongside my son. He says, I'm going to stitch daddy. Can I stop? I'm like, no, it's time to put your helmet on. It's time to put your breastplate on. It's time to speak the word. It's time to get in faith, time to get in the presence of God, get around someone else who can encourage you, get around worship and uh, good things happen. And it's your identity. Again, Joseph was really God's man, right? But it was his character, his responsibility that actually helped him be in that promotable position. So heaven, it was funny. I I had a friend of mine share on Facebook uh, the other day, yesterday, the day before, years ago. I haven't seen him in, in literally 20 years. And he did this post about how he's really been blessed financially. He's really been blessed um, in real estate. 
He's an entrepreneur. He's made a lot happen. He lives fair. He's very generous and uh, gives a lot of money away. Even talked about how he, he, he buys a crappy car so he can give more away. And hats off to him. But here's what he said. And I think it sounds so spiritual, but the truth is, it's not actually true. He says, I am only blessed. The only reason I'm blessed is because of the grace of God. It's not my, it's not my work ethic. And I'm like, that's not true. You're getting to heaven because of the grace of God, but your work ethic, actually, that's the reason why you're blessed. And that's the reason why you can buy some houses. And that's the reason why you have a job, right? So sometimes we've got to, and many of you, you know, you are a work, again, you've got to be careful. Sometimes I'm stirring people to work and be diligent, especially in this season, to work harder. But I do want to always caveat that with, you got to know yourself to grow yourself. And at the same time, don't, I'm not trying to push workaholics harder, right? I believe in a rest and I believe in a day off and I believe in all that kind of stuff. And here's what he does though. Paul moves quickly from be strong in the grace of God. And then he says this, and then he begins to talk to him about responsibility. So here's two extremes. And, and I want you to see this, grace, identity, and then he says, and the things you've heard from me, give to other faithful men, which, which tells me something. Grace and responsibility are not separate. Watch this now. Grace and responsibility are not separate. We don't separate the two. Actually, grace empowers me to do the responsible thing. So when am I most like Jesus? I'm most like Jesus when I take responsibility for someone else's mistakes, my own mistakes, my own sin, my own failure and so forth. He took responsibility for everyone. And so I believe you and I are most like Jesus when we give, most like Jesus when we pray, and most like Jesus when we are responsible. Um, so I want to give you three thoughts about responsibility for a second. Um, he's responsible for his own learning. Paul told Timothy, he says to him, uh, the things you've heard from me. He says, put into practice. So you and I have to have a lean in kind of spirit that basically is saying, man, I've got to know the gospel. I've got to know it, where, wherever I am learning and leading right now. I've got, to, I've got to be so responsible that I'm not just getting taught. In time to come, I'll be teaching that same principle. And hey, if you're a mom, if you're a dad, doesn't that flow? Hopefully that flows from the house of God to your kids. If you're an employee working for other people, man, um, Derek's big on my screen right now. And uh, man, I hear him talking about how, you know, at work, he's kind of sharing and sharing stories of faith and, and all that kind of stuff. There has to be a flow but it only happens as you and I lean in and we're responsible for learning. And I want to say this kind of unique thought here a little bit. Be value yourself enough to believe that you need faith development and leadership development. Like value yourself enough because you can't grow to your fullest potential unless you continue to grow yourself. So the other day, my wife knows this about me. Um, we had a dishwasher that is uh, from the pit of hell, basically. Um, <laughs> she was like, we went to the, we went to, uh, where did we buy that from, honey? Can you chime in just for that one quick second? Best Buy. Well, yeah, we bought it from Best Buy. It was $600. Best 
And she was like, don't go cheap, honey. Don't go cheap. And every other dish was 800, 900. And I was like, just $600. What in the world? It's a Samsung. Couldn't be wrong. I tell you, it's the worst dishwasher you've ever bought in your life. We've had three, someone come over three times to fix it. I put tape on it now so it doesn't open at the wrong time. It's the worst. It, it never buy a Samsung dishwasher. I'm sorry, Samsung, but you're terrible. Okay. And here's the thing. Um, we went cheap. I went cheap. Actually, she didn't go cheap. I went cheap. Now, here's the funny thing also. In my gardening, I went cheap. Normally, she wants to spend the money, and I went cheap. Now, I also went cheap on a garden hose like a year ago, year ago, two years ago. I was like, what's the difference between a, a good garden hose and a bad garden hose? Let me tell you what the difference is. A good, a good garden hose works. A bad one doesn't. <laughs> Like it literally sucks. It's, it's, it's awful. It's the worst garden hose you've ever seen in your life. I went cheap. Here's the thing. Sometimes I believe we go cheap on ourselves, right? We actually go cheap on not investing in ourselves. We don't develop ourselves. Develop your gift. Develop your character. What did Joseph do? Joseph had a gift of leadership that had to be developed. He also had the gift of hearing God's voice and dreams, interpretation of dreams. And he had to develop that over time. So all of our gifts take development. And I want you as a person, and this this should be such an empowering word, believe in yourself enough as a mother, believe in yourself enough as a father, believe in yourself enough as an employee or a boss, believe in yourself enough as a worship leader, believe in yourself enough just as Whatever it is that you do as a business owner, I see some people believe in yourself enough to invest in yourself, invest in podcasts, invest in books, invest in that. And I I tell you, those things over the years, a $7 book, isn't it amazing that a $7 book, a $9 book, a $12 book will literally change your life sometimes? Because if it changes one thought in here, I've heard Keith Kraft say that your life sentences, he said, become your life sentence. So the things you say about yourself become the things that either imprison you or they set you free. And so you've got to keep on growing and keep on um, growing out of this coronavirus, growing out of life. Don't get stuck. My son is in heading into sixth grade next year. It will be a shame in 10 years if he's still in sixth grade. And I think as a Christian, you and I have got to take on that same responsibility where we say, man, I've got to be responsible for my own learning. And Timothy could only pass on what he wanted to give everyone else. Why? When he was responsible for his own learning. He's responsible also for embodying leadership. Obviously, this is sometimes the hardest thing. Um, embodying leadership is exampleship right? It is God empowering us through identity. We sing about, we declare who we are in Christ. And he had no problem in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He has no problem saying, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And then there was a few instructions. If you read on down further than chapter, there's a few instructions. Stay away from foolish arguments. Stay away from lust. So grace, this empowerment of grace must lead us away from foolish living, basically. Let's call it that. And so I just want to encourage you again, you need to hear it sometimes that you need to be led away from foolish living. Foolish living is 
every conspiracy theory out there. Foolish living is getting into things in the Bible that I heard someone say one time, it was a guy down at Liberty University. And he's like, I knew a guy and he was giving him a compliment. I thought it was one of the worst insults ever. He said, I knew a man who studied baptism for 20 years. I was like, what in the world? Read it, believe it, and then just move on, people. He was trying to study it for 20 years. I mean, maybe he should have studied something else. Just go, he went down into the waters of baptism. He came out of the waters of baptism. How can you study that for 20 years? He wasted his time. He wasted 20 years of his life <laughs> studying the Bible, funnily enough. And Paul says, literally, he says, don't get involved in foolish arguments. He literally says it ruins the hearer. So sometimes you're going to stay away from just nonsense. Uh, Responsible for your own learning. Be responsible for embodying leadership. Responsible for passing it on to others. Remember, leadership is not done when the task is done. Leadership is done when you've invested in someone else and they are as good as you. And that's actually scary. And there are so many churches all across America today who have basically will pass it off or the church will die because the same leader sat in that same position and he didn't realize that his role was to pass it off to someone else. And so you, whatever position you might lead in, just know that there must be a passing off. You know, help if you're uh, blessed in marriage, pass it off to someone else. If you're an entrepreneur, pass it off to someone else. If you're learning great lessons, pass it off to someone else. Because God's river actually, I believe it stops many times. We want more of God. We even sung about God. I want more of you. Sometimes you got to let it flow before um, he, he pours out more. And so I believe you got to be responsible for the flow. Um, we are responsible not just for our task. We're responsible for investing in other people. And Paul told Timothy, he says, um, find men, and here's the challenge, that are reliable. At the end of the day, reliability is, how many have um, a challenge with yourself sometimes, doing what you say you were going to do? How many have a challenge with yourself by always being reliable? Right? None of us are always reliable in everything. And I normally, but at the same time, um, I've been thinking about this thought recently. Um, I know the couch is comfortable, but champions are never made on the couch. I know the couch is comfortable, people. We all do it, right? But champions are never made on the couch. And, and Christian warriors are never made just on the seat. They're made serving. They're made leading. They're made sacrificing. And um, man, if you just feel, again, I just want to stir you in this thought, um, The next few verses, Paul does tell Timothy, he says to him, take on a soldier's mindset. Take on a soldier's mindset is basically what he says to him. He says, listen, and so um, for some of you, you you need comfort from Jesus right now. You need grace right now. Some of you need to soldier up, to be really honest. You just need to, it just needs to be a tougher word for you. Come on, you can do it. God believes in you. I believe in you, right? He's literally saying, run faster, run harder. Don't give up. Um, yes, you've got a stitch. How many of you have ever felt like in the faith you've had a stitch? <laughs> like my son, like I've had a, f- right? There's this, and, and Benny's like, oh, daddy, I've got a stitch. Should I stop? And Paul tells Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, I don't care you have a stitch. And here's the thing. We are in that difficult season right now. And um, for all of us, but at the same time, the season that Paul was speaking on, 
He was way worse than you and I. He didn't have YouTube videos to encourage him. He didn't have podcasts. He couldn't do a stupid selfie. You know, he couldn't do a boomerang to make him laugh. Um, he, he didn't have memes. He didn't have all this stuff. He didn't have air conditioning. Um, our house got hot the other day, actually today. And uh, we were stressed out because for 24 hours, we didn't have air conditioning. They didn't have air conditioning for their whole entire life. So I'm just, again, sometimes I just want to say, listen, life, although it's harder, a hundred years ago is way harder ago and 200 years ago is way harder. And I'm not talking about people who've lost people in this time. So I'm just, I'm stirring us a little bit. Um, Jesus said this, he said in John 8, he says, you shall know the truth. And he says, and the truth shall know you, I'll set you free. All of us know that line. How many know that line? Yeah, all of us know that line. There's no question about it. You know that line. But I want you to take it to Matthew 25. And I talked about it a little bit this Sunday. Matthew 25 is the power of the talents. And what does the guy who does nothing with his talent, the first thing he does is he blames God. He says, I know you're a hard man. So he shifts responsibility from him to God. And you and I, I believe that when you align truth Sometimes what I've realized within myself, and again, I've got to lead me. Like I know me, right? I know my down failures. I know sometimes I might set myself 15 goals for the week and I might achieve five of them, right? I know that about me. So what I've realized is that um, when I shift responsibility, when I don't take responsibility, when I make excuses, what I'm actually doing is I'm lying to myself, And you know that Jesus actually wants you and I to align closer to the truth. And here's when it comes to leadership. You could be honest with yourself that are you taking responsibility in the areas of your world? Let me ask you, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. Um, And I I would love you to write this down. You don't have to write this down in the chat. (laughs) This should maybe be a journal kind of moment. Because I was reading a book recently on hearing the voice of God and what I loved about that book honestly was it was a honestly a small amount of teaching it was kind of a page of teaching and then it was a page of kind of notes and take notes and here's why I felt like that was effective because it, it really causes don't just read no you're gonna have to think so this leadership talk um, that I'm giving today oh I, if there's no self-reflection a little bit and I'm not and you know you don't have to navel gaze but ask the Holy Spirit to help you um, so let me ask you Two quick questions. Where am I making excuses? What did the guy in Matthew 25 do? He simply made excuses. He blamed God and then he and then he basically gave in to laziness and fear. He made excuses. It was everyone else's fault. Where are you making excuses? Maybe in your personal life, maybe your spiritual journey, maybe any area of leadership. Um, and, and let me talk to you if you're a new leader. Um, When it comes to new leadership, what actually happens is you get given a gift. Let's say you're a transform leader. Let's say you're a team leader. Let's say you've just joined and you're like, hey, I'm leading some Zoom parties right now, right after church. And man, I thank you and honor you for doing that. So you've taken responsibility for it. Let's say that one Sunday you can't make it. Okay, you can't make it to your team. You can't make it to Zoom. Can't make it to transform. Responsibility is I don't push it up to, let's say it's, it's um, who it, Katie's really over the Zoom parties. 
You don't just tell Katie, hey, Katie, I can't uh, go to my Zoom party. Can you cover it for me? That's not leadership. It's actually diving down into who could help me. Don't push up responsibility. Look for people who are reliable, who'd love to step up to that plate. And then you'll actually push down a level of leadership in our church, which will actually take other people on a, a bigger journey. And when you begin to, I've actually found it, as you begin to give responsibility to people, all of a sudden they step up to it and they grow and they take responsibility. And, and sometimes I was teaching Hope the other day uh, to ride the little red car. We got a little red car for her. I think it was for Shelly first, got passed on down to her. She's actually a boss now riding the car. She's like, and she's maneuvering and stuff like this. And she's four. And I'm like, wow, she's amazing. But I had to go through that stage where Shelly used to ride her and she used to ride shotgun all the time. And she she was happy riding shotgun. And then I saw a little kid who was four and he was zooming around the back of his house in these cars like he was... I don't know, Ayrton Senna, that Brazilian race car driver. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to get Hope shifted from shotgun to give her responsibility. Now she almost crashed the car into our side um, bricks a number of times. She, she almost crashed it into a pole. I had to stop her at different times. And now she's a boss though. And here's the funny thing. The first day I actually delegated in essence responsibility for Hope to learn to drive. You know what happened? I was like, this is too much work. I didn't want to do it. I was actually going to kick her off of driving the car again and stuff. And I think sometimes in leadership, what actually happens is you give responsibility to someone and you know what happens? They're about to crash the car. They trash the pole and you go, you know what? Here, give it back. I'm going to take responsibility again. And you kind of do, no, no, no. You can't blame them. You got to train them. You got to lead them and it's worth it. So take in. Paul told Timothy, listen, Paul invested in Timothy and obviously Timothy invested in others and and those invested in others. And there has to be a trickle down effect. And so listen, some of you control freaks, you need to lose control a little bit and you love to control it. It's your meeting and so forth. At the same time, you have to be able to give it off to someone else because guess what? That guy has responsibility or gifting or calling on him and you give it and he rises to the occasion. And guess what? You actually learn to be a great encourager, a great leader. You actually learn to um, delegate and you actually go, man, it's, uh, man, this person's actually leading this better than I am. And there's people right now in our church who are doing certain things in our church that they do it better than I did, ever did it. There's people who love premarital counseling and, and Miriam would tell you, I wasn't that good at it. Um, you know, I joke around with them and just tell them to be nice. And they're like, I oh, know I want some real teaching here. I'm like, be nice. That was my answer to everything for premarital counseling. I literally was joking with someone one time. I'm like, what's the point of this meeting? Be nice. <laughs> and then I realized they were actually having marital tension, sorry, premarital tension before they, and I was like, oh shoot. All right, this one's serious. And then, um, then I had to jump into it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm seeing people nod their head, laugh a little bit. Um, hey, I don't just want to stir you when it comes to your spiritual development. Um, Let me give you a couple of next steps, next thoughts real quick. Um, My wife is doing it generally. It it may not be every single day. She's studying a book of the Bible, a chapter of the Bible. If you don't have a specific plan right now, jump on with her and lead it. Lots of women are doing it. Some men are doing it. Men, hey, it's okay if my wife teaches the Bible. Don't worry. She knows it better than you anyway. And uh, she's been, you know, 
learning and leading for a long, long time. She's an incredible communicator and um, you can lean in and really learn. Um, at the moment, I'm reading the book of Acts and I'm reading another book on hearing the voice of God. Um, I always, I like to have a book that I know that that's my go-to right now. So if you don't have a go-to, lean into um, my wife's teaching, jump on a Zoom meeting. Um, I also want to say this, I, I need to say to some of our leaders, hey, maybe you need to take the next week and every day you pray in the Spirit, you pray in the Holy Spirit 15 minutes a day. Um, Paul told Timothy, or Paul told the church in Corinth, he says, when I pray in the spirit, he says, my spirit is edified. If you feel down, if you feel a bit defeated, pray in the Holy Spirit. If you don't pray in the Holy Spirit, ask God to fill you and empower you with the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you for 20 odd years now how often I've prayed in the Holy Spirit. And to be honest, I'm almost afraid I haven't talked enough about it with our leaders, with our church, because for me, it's, it's probably one of those things I've done far more in private, but haven't talked enough about it in public. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Get worship on and pray in the Holy Spirit. Um, stir your own faith and um, good things will happen. Um, where, so I've asked you this question, where am I making excuses? Let me ask you one more question because I think this is important. Where am I fearful? The, the, the guy in Matthew 25, what was he? He was afraid. And he failed to take responsibility and he was afraid. Timothy was afraid. Timothy was actually quite timid. Paul was literally giving him commands. Do not give into timidity. And right now there's a lot of timidity, but we've got to stir faith and stir stir good things. Lift your conversation to another level. Say, man, I'm not going to be a timid person. I am going to walk by faith, not by sight. Where am I fearful? And I'll say this, when it comes to leading anywhere and I and I from leading a Bible study back in the day going on the radio starting our church starting numerous different things over the years I don't know if there's ever been seasons where there isn't some timidity lurking in its ugly head where I don't have to deal with it personally um, if I ever have to confront someone, I normally have to confront me first. Why don't you want to confront them? And here's the truth of leadership sometimes. Sometimes, listen, if you don't confront people, and I mean loving and graciously, if you don't actually point sometimes, I'm not talking with a Pharisee spirit that's looking for a splint in their eye and so forth. I'm talking with a real spirit of love that you're able to say, hey, I've, I've seen that. I see so much potential in you, but I've noticed that you've really dropped off. I noticed that you're late to everything. I noticed that, um, I noticed that you know, you're coming occasionally. You just don't seem to be yourself. If, I, if you can't say that, what actually happens is you limit that person's growth. But I will say this, you also limit your own growth because you have to, um, you have to, I have to, as a leader, actually not just be a confronter. I've actually got to learn to be a great confronter. I've got to learn to how to, when to inspire people, how to inspire people, when to see the gifts, when to see the talents, and then say, and listen, here's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the culture of the kingdom of God is Matthew 25. So the culture of the kingdom of God is a culture of accountability. So a culture of grace is a culture of acceptance but not approval of everything we do. Everyone is accepted in our church continually, constantly, all the time. That doesn't mean every lifestyle and behavior is, is approved. On a leadership level, you've actually got to give an account, he's responsible, and then you actually have to hold people 
responsible to what they said they were going to do because that's actually being a kingdom culture and you do it you know graciously and and we have as a church had to grow in that as we've grown staff and so forth and all of us have to grow and and here's what i'd say to you if that makes you squirm if when i say you need to be accountable to someone if it makes you squirm don't worry it made adam squirm the first adam god says to him adam where are you and what did he do he hid and so if i say to you what um, where are you fearful or where are you maybe not accountable as much as you can be right now? And that makes you squirm. It's normal. Just want to show you it's normal. If you want to get accountable to someone in your spiritual life, in your marriage, in your finances, how many know that if you show Dave Ramsey your budget every week, you're going to be better at your budget, Right? Uh, my wife is a rock star at the budget at the moment. She's on it like white on rice and she's on everydollar.com. And um, I was doing the budget there for a while, but let's be honest, she's got a far greater administrative gift than I do. And she's uh, like a like a, uh, a pit bull on a rag. She's like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if uh, she'll love that illustration, but it's just so true that she's, uh, you know, she she's talking to me the other day. Uh, what was that? $2.40. And I'm like, what? And uh, we're just talking and Amanda and Steve talk about the same thing sometimes. And what is it? It's actually giving an account and where you don't want to give an account. Men, listen, where you don't want to give an account to the other men who are leading you. I just challenged our, new, our transform leaders in the month of May. We are giving an account as in you're going to be emailing a leader saying, here's what I do spiritually, physically, relationally, financially. Why? Because I know that I don't want you to drop off. And where you want to in your business, if you want in your health, if you want in your relationships, if you want to in any area of, of life and leadership, if you want to go forward, make sure you bring more accountability into that world, especially in the areas. Listen, we're actually not that good. I don't know about you. We're not that good at holding ourselves accountable. We're way better if we bring someone else into that game. Um, so I just want to encourage you uh, guys, be strong. Be strong. Be strong in mind. Be strong up here. Be strong in your speech. Make sure you are um, speaking words of life, words of faith. Hey, we don't know how much longer this, this whole coronavirus and the, the, the thing, we don't know when church is going to. I believe for a great May. I'm believing for a great May. I wish it was open already, but I'm believing for a great May. I'm, I'm believing for good things in my world. Be strong in spirit. Hey, make sure you're feeding on the word. Make sure, jump into my wife's uh, stuff. Make sure you're connecting transform groups and Zoom groups. Hey, feed on that word. Be strong in responsibility and accountability. And that actually, over the years, will produce in you a leader worth following. Um, time in and time again. And uh, listen, to, listen to the last charge of Paul. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. He says, I have finished the race. He says, I have, watch this now, I've kept the faith. He was sure. He wasn't hoping to get to heaven one day. He says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord also, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to those who have longed for his appearing. Why do you and I need to embrace accountability? Why? 
because God will hold us accountable for our gifts, for our talents, for, for our time, talent, talent and treasure. And the grace of God gets us to heaven. But what we do on this side of earth will be our reward. And Paul says, I have fought the fight. I've finished the race. Um, and there is in, for me a crown of righteousness. And so, man, I just want to finish with that, guys. I'm proud of our church. I am, I am um, continually encouraged on its generosity. I'm continually encouraged on how much you guys are staying connected. I'm continually encouraged on our, our missions and outreach and all that kind of stuff. I'm believing that when we get back, um, as a, there'll be a first wave and a second wave and third wave and however that worked. But I'm believing that when we get back, we'll be healthier, we'll be stronger, we'll be in a better place. There'll be more people. Why? Because we've been sharing on, on the various um, sites and, and um you know, the number of people watching is up. But man, it will be how God can send the increase to us will actually be those who are leading saying, man, God, help me grow strong in the grace of God. Help me grow in accountability in any area I need to. And healthy leaders, healthy on the inside, fresh on the inside. That's what keeps it going. If you're feeling a little tired, pray in the Holy Spirit, get in worship, get in the word. Um, and don't just say, I'm going to read the Bible more. Don't just say, I'm going to pray more. No, what specific book of the Bible are you going to read? Or what book do you need to read at the moment? Um, reading a great book on hearing the voice of God, highly recommend it to anyone. If you want to email, I'll email the details on that. Um, so yeah, I want us to, to end uh, with a, a little bit of worship tonight. Let's do, let's end with one more song. And let's end filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's end praising Jesus. Let's end with joy. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to lead it over to you, Mags and uh, Ishmael.